Hey y'all, hey, welcome back to another episode of Safe Space with Shay. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the importance of our emotional wellness and how it shows up when we are co-parenting. Co-parenting is a struggle that I know a lot of people have in today's uh, world. And so today I have a special guest. I have Shantae Thompson. She is a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida and Georgia. She is a certified family mediator in the Florida Supreme Court. She is also a qualified parenting coordinator, and she's a three-time author with two of her books becoming bestsellers. Hi, Shantae. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I know your time is valuable and your work. I just say hats off to you (laughs) because you are definitely (laughs) needed, okay? Yes, I love the work that I'm doing and being able to positively impact families and blended families um, makes a huge difference in this entire world. So I love it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So one of the questions that I asked my guests, how did you become a licensed mental health counselor? How did I become a licensed mental health counselor? Well, crazy thing. Um, I've planned since 10th grade. (laughs) Since 10th grade, I planned and I mapped out for myself that I wanted to um, have my own practice and be able to help others. Um, So I stayed the course Mm -hmm. and I am now a licensed mental health counselor. And this month actually makes seven years that I've had my business. Oh my God, round of applause. Hey, you good girl. <laughs> Thank you. That, that's a feat, I'm telling you, to be able to sustain throughout all of that. So hats off to yes. you. Thank you. I Thank love you. it. I love it. Okay, so we're going to start off with my first question. Um, okay. How important is emotional wellness in the space of co-parenting? And what does that look like for parents? And on the opposite end of that, how do the children benefit from it in the present and future? Oh, that's a lot. It's a loaded (laughs) one, but I'm I'm trying to cover all bases. All right, well, let's go step by step, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So the first part, you were asking about emotional wellness in the space of co-parenting. Yes. Right. So basically, emotional wellness, um, it's important in the space of co-parenting because it promotes children's wellness. Um, If parents are not handling their stress, their anger, their frustrations, all of the plethora of emotions that we go through, right? Mm -hmm. If they're not handling them in a healthy manner, it's going to negatively impact their children. Okay. Okay. So the ways that it can impact our children, like increasing stress levels, um, if parents are now combative and having high conflict because they're not managing their emotional wellness in a proper manner, then it can um, it, 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 it can affect children's mental health, their behavior, their academics, and their social skills. Okay. And so I, when I think about emotional wellness too, I think about our ability, especially as parents to navigate through those not so good emotions. So for Mm -hmm. me personally, my daughter told me that when she got of age, she thought 
that she wasn't supposed to cry because she never saw me cry. Mm -hmm. And so that was just so it struck me because I'm like, oh, my God, like I did you a disservice. And so I I realized the importance of allowing your kids to see you in spaces where you might feel shame or they're not supposed to Mm -hmm. see me like that. Right. You know, quite Mm -hmm. naturally, kids want to comfort or or are concerned with their parent. But it's also good for you to show that side um, to your kids, you know, so they can see you as a human. Definitely. We want our children to know that we we are human, right? So we need to share things with them age appropriately, but we have to teach them from when they're young how to regulate their own emotions. We have to allow them to see that we are not happy all the time, right? Like my kids can come to me and of course they are so in tune and all of our kids are so in tune with all of us, right? So Mm -hmm. They can tell if I'm not in a perky, happy-go-lucky mood. Mm -hmm. They can tell if I'm feeling a little bit down. So I use language with them to let them know that I need a moment, Mm -hmm. right? I have to spend some time journaling today, Mm -hmm. right? I I let them know that, oof, today wasn't a a great day like I hoped for, but I'm going to get through it, Mm -hmm. right? So they now know that I I do have emotions just like they do. And it's a safe space for them now to come to me with their emotions. And I teach them ways to manage them effectively. So I kind of want to go back to something that you said, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because I want us to have a really nice definition of what it means to be emotionally well. Like what does that even look like, right? So Emotionally well means that you're able to identify and manage Mm -hmm. difficult emotions, Mm -hmm. regulate your emotions effectively, Mm -hmm. adapt in difficult situations, and thrive, Mm -hmm. right? So when we can do all of these things as individuals, as parents, as co-parents, and then we're teaching our children to do the same, it's building resilience for our children it's helping them to now, as they get older and they're building relationships themselves with friends, with family, with significant others, when they get at that age, right? Then they're able to do so um, and have a healthy relationship. Yes, you nailed it. Oh, my God. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> okay, I love it. <laughs> okay, so my next question is, what approaches should be taking, um, now this might be a tough one, but I know you got it. <laughs> what approaches mm-hmm. should be taken when dealing with a parent who may be emotionally unwell? And when I say unwell, I'm meaning like allowing their emotions, their strong emotions or attachment styles to interfere with co-parenting. And so I learned more about attachment styles. You have the anxious, mm-hmm. avoided, disorganized. And then, of course, I think the last one was the secure attachment Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, a lot of times that can conflict with the co-parenting. So what approaches mm-hmm. would you, uh, you know, say would be best? Okay. Well, first things first, I am big on protecting your peace. Okay. Okay. So to be able to do that with dealing with a co-parent with a strong emotion or um, a anxious or disorganized or avoidant attachment style, um, it means that you're going to limit your interactions. You're going to make communication structured to limit arguments, disagreements, and miscommunication. You're going to have clear boundaries and accountability opportunities. So many times we set these boundaries, but 
then there's no accountability. So it's really not being followed. So we need to make sure that we set boundaries and have accountability opportunities, which again, protects your, your peace. Oh my God. Look at you. You did that. It, just, it, just, it was there. I love it. And you know, yes. I want to piggyback on that because, mm-hmm. you know, I've been divorced for it to be 10 years now. I can't believe it. But I was reading books to kind of help me prepare myself into this new space of co parenting. And it's so mm-hmm. ironic that you mentioned about the boundaries and the structure. Um, the book I was reading, I can't remember it, but it was saying how you have to treat it like a business transaction, like, mm-hmm. okay, to that extent, right? Handling yeah. like black and white. Okay, this is what we're doing. Okay. And I'm like, that is so true because you take your emotions out of it when it's structured, exactly. when you're looking at it mm-hmm. from a business perspective. So I love Definitely. that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Okay, great. Okay, so good, good, good. Okay, so my last last question. How important is it uh, not to deprive a child from their parent when one parent doesn't agree with the other parent's lifestyle, choices, or behavior? (laughs) Now, this one I I know many of us need because I've gone through this journey myself. So praise God I'm on the other side of it now. But point blank period, our children need both parents. Okay, so when we know that our children are safe, then we have to remember that we cannot control what happens in the other home. Mm -hmm. Right. So we must release that control. Mm -hmm. Both parents ultimately want what's best for the the children. Mm -hmm. So even if it's not the way that we would like it to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. It is important that we trust the process of everyone parents differently. Okay, so when our children are with us, it is our responsibility to instill in them the values that we deem as important. Mm -hmm. Okay, because children are quite smart and they are going to figure out what's what as they get older. Okay, Mm -hmm. so as long as we know that our our children are truly safe and we're just not caring for the lifestyle or the choices or the the behaviors Mm -hmm. of the other parent, it is so important that we provide opportunity support and encouragement to our children for them to to develop a relationship with their other parents oh my god I'm so glad you said that too because uh, it it happens way too often right Mm -hmm. and and at the end of the day I always feel like that's still their parent you know and I'm saying and a child longs for that you know regardless if the parent is a bit impulsive or moody or mm-hmm. all over the place, mm-hmm. that is still exactly. their parent. And so it's still their parent, yeah. right. And so they, they long for that. That's a connection they're going to long for. And if they don't get it um, early on in life, they're going to be searching for it later on. So they will. yeah, for sure. So, okay. I just, I got a question. Cause I know this is mm-hmm. what you do. This is your space. What do you <laughs> see um, personally like, with uh, co-parenting issues that you see on a day-to-day um, basis that kind of interfere with co-parenting? Was it anything outside well, of that of, I asked? Well, some of the things that, that, that I see is when it comes to the blended family, right? Things oh. start to get sticky because now if conversations hasn't happened already for one household and how this bonus parent is supposed to engage with the bonus children, Things can be sticky. So it's so important from the very beginning when you're dating, when you're getting to know each other, when you're introducing your children 
to this new individual that the tone is set. So when you become a, a blended family, one, the bonus parent is able to build relationship with the bonus child mm-hmm. or children, and that it's clear as to how much say-so or what type of say-so and making sure that you have a united front mm-hmm. with the children. So children are not going to pin yep. parents or bonus parent and parent against each other because that can cause problems. But in addition to that, having a, a conversation with the co-parent mm-hmm. now, right? Because now the, the co-parent can feel uneasy that this bonus parent is in the home. Are they are they replacing me? How much say so do they have? So the co-parent and the parent needs to be on the same page or have the clear expectations of what is. Mm-hmm. So the, the children are not trying to pin any of the adults against each other or the children is not having the blunt of any of the adults complaining about anything. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because it sounds like really the foundation is that co-parenting relationship, right? Because if, mm-hmm, you guys are, if you guys are solid, if you guys are on the same page, you guys have a model that you guys are using, then it'll help. When, Mm -hmm. like you said, that bonus parent comes in and then now you all can, you know, have a conversation. And when that bonus parent comes in, too, I feel like if they see that you and your partner are on the same page, your co-parent, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. are on the same page, then they kind of like, okay, like they don't feel like, okay, where do I fit Mm -hmm. in? Or is this too much of a mess? Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't want any parts of it. So Yes, yes, yes. And all of that builds resiliency for children. Yes. We we want our children to be healthy. And children, when they see that things are smooth sailing or they see that there's not the conflict happening or the bickering and the back and forth, they feel more at ease because they can feel the the tension in the air, Mm -hmm. right? So we need to make sure that we're taking care of things behind the scenes for their good. That is so true because I also think, too, when kids grow up with this, like, okay, no conflict, everything is good, then once they get into some sort of uh, disruption or argument, they don't know how to handle, right? Like, they can go in and... So that's something different. Okay. But I agree with you. Yeah, it's important that that we teach our children. So, for example, if we shouldn't argue and have, like, combative conversation in front of our children that they are in the midst of it and they're feeling it. However, it's important that our children, that we model for them how to deal with difficult situations. So let's say they feel the tension that um, mom and bonus parent or mom and co-parent are not agreeing on something. It's not that they're arguing. They might just be a little bit shorter with each other, right? But then they can see that they're still loving and caring and thoughtful with each other. And then within a few hours, now they're back to their regular self. So they see that, okay, things are not always hunky-dory. Things are not always perfect, but things can be worked through. And then we model that for our children by doing it with them. For example, we have teenagers, or I know I have like an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old, right? Yeah. They're not always going to like all of my decisions and what they have to do. Mm-hmm. But if they do them, like, for example, the other day, my 18-year-old, she got home late. Mm-hmm. And she had a consequence for that. Mm-hmm. 
But even though she had a consequence, I sat down with her. I let her know what I disagreed with or what I did not like, how we can get it better. She felt all types of feelings and she wrote me a letter to let me know how she's feeling because she knows that it's important to me that I know how she feels and why she feels it. And then from there, we were able to have a sit down about what she wrote about, what was like not great for her, and then help her to understand why the rules are the rules, what the consequences are, and how you're still going to have a consequence. But I love you, and it's the behavior that I did not like, but I still love you as a being. Right. So it's helping her to understand all of that, because now she's going to be able to model that in her relationships with friends and with loved ones. Ah, I love that. I love that. That's a great approach. And while you were talking, I thought about how like not good is it? Like, say, for instance, that situation. Well, it did happen with you and your daughter. You said, oh, I'm going to call your father. Like, what, what does that signal? Does that signal mom can't handle it? I'm going to continue to, you know, do what I want to do? <laughs> I'm just curious. It depends on how it's done, okay. right? Because if it's just, I'm going to call your father and your father's going to handle it, then it, can, it, it doesn't feel good, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? But it's where, okay, this happened. I'm going to speak with your father about this because now we need to be on the same page. Right, because it's really going to, it can't happen all the time, right. but it's really good when parents or co-parents are on the same page. I did call her father, right? Oh. I did let her father know what was happening and we were on the same page. So the same consequence that happened in my home happened in his home. Gotcha. So you don't have to verbalize it because that conversation happened um, mm-hmm. to your daughter. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was wondering like when kids hear that, right. Are they hearing, Oh, my mom can't handle nothing. Like, you know, if, you know, I don't, I mean, it really depends. Right. It can, it's, it's a pet okay. because some parents, one is the, the disciplinarian uh, and the other is, um, doesn't really wear that hat often. Gotcha. So sometimes you, you will say, I'm going to let your dad handle this or uh, I'm going to call your dad. Okay. Right. And for something like that, it's about the, the tone and the relationship that has already been been set in, in that family. Gotcha. The only time that it can come across as if, oh, you can't handle this and you can't handle me is if it's so combative and if a parent never gives any consequences at all, mm. right? To where now the child is running all over the parent. Mm. So now the only time a consequence happens is when the other parent is called. Gotcha. That's when the, the child might start to feel like I can always have my way and you're only going to call them mm-hmm. when you can't even handle me. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. No, good point. Good point. Great. So before we conclude, I want to get into these two bestsellers that you have. Can you mention <laughs> those? <laughs> Definitely. Thank you so much for asking about them. Yes. So I have two books and I actually, um, Oh, okay, I'll tell you about that soon. So I have two um, bestsellers. The first one is Brand You Me, The Pursuit of Wholeness. Mm-hmm. It's the journey from pain to greatness. Mm-hmm. So this one, I am the visionary author, and there are about six of us that's in this book. Mm-hmm. We all tell our story of heartbreak mm-hmm. and then how we got to the other side of it. So what that looks like for us to grow into our brand new version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Then at the very end of it, it provides tips to help the reader have their own journey of growth. 
Um, Love it. The second book is Brand New Me, Complemented, Completed, and Whole. Mm -hmm. This one is a guide for singles and couples to grow from within. So it's actually a workbook, and it, it provides relatable stories. And then from there, there's lessons. So it helps you to have a healthier relationship first with yourself and then with others. So this is a really good book to take your time with. You can skip around in it. You don't have to read it from front to back. But whenever you read a story, do the lessons for that story. Mm, I love it. And, you know, I really like workbooks because I feel like I get more out of it. You know, when you're reading, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's a good read and it could resonate. But when you're doing a workbook, right, they're asking certain questions that's prompting more thought. Um, exactly. So, it, yes. it, yeah, it so it's helping you to do the work, yes. right, to have healthier interpersonal and intrapersonal relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because on my last podcast, we were talking about, um, I mentioned to the therapist how, you know, self-help books, they're out here, right? So what do you say to people that mm -hmm. have self-help books? Oh, I don't need to go to therapy. But he made a good point. It's like, but the therapist is going to ask you questions to prompt. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. and reading is just going to be like, okay, this is great. But, yeah, so that's why I like the workbook approach as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 I love it. And I actually have a journal dropping because it's my seven-year anniversary. Oh, awesome. um, a journal is dropping this month. Oh, um, to help okay. folks do that work to process and then there's a section of it that's for gratitude oh, because when we have an attitude of gratitude it shifts something within us that we're able to look at things through a different lens and internally we we, we are healthier when we're doing that oh my so God. that is actually dropping this month I love it. You are on it, young lady. I love it. <laughs> Let me know because I'm, I'm definitely going to list your two books um, in the show notes. And then when that book releases, please let me know because I will promote it. I'm all about, well, I'm an avid reader. So definitely I'm behind that. Well, before, I appreciate it. yeah. So before we conclude, are you accepting new clients? I am. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And so how can they reach you through your website? Yes. Well, I'll, I'll let your listeners know. Um, as a therapist, I am accepting clients in Florida and Georgia. Okay. You can reach me on my website, which is inspirehopehealthhealing.com, inspirehopehealthhealing.com. But then no matter where you live, if you would like some co-parenting or parenting um a consultation to help you as a blended family, just as a parent on a whole, I do have that available too, which is on my brand new new journey website, mm -hmm. brand new new journey. Um, I, I have workshops as, as well for positive parenting. Right. And she's on YouTube, guys. I was checking her out. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> that is wonderful. So I'm going to definitely list all of that information, too, as well as in the show notes so they can just tap the link and it'll go right to your website. Thank you. Thank you. And I mean, of course, Instagram is Shate Thompson. Yep. I'm going to have it all listed. They're going to reach out. 
Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you and your time and your knowledge that you shared. Um, I'm pretty sure my uh, listeners are going to definitely benefit from this conversation. Um, It's a conversation that needed to be had. And I feel like a lot of people are struggling in this space. So I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that you could provide some light. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed um, what we were able to talk about. And I, it, it's my prayer that it's really able to positively impact your listeners. Excellent. Well, I'm going to give you a round of applause again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And guys, until next time. <laughs>